All right. How's that for an intro? You're welcome. I'm good to go. So uh, today I get to talk a geek-like message, but uh, I think it's pretty cool. We're going to talk a little bit about comic books, superheroes, and we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus being our superhero. But I kind of got to get ready. I got my, my secret identity on underneath here. So, you know, you can't, you can't do this without showing off. So I did two things we haven't done in church before. We wrapped, and I took my clothes off. All right. So now that I'm comfortable. So my brother and I started uh, a subscription. He got uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, and I got Thor. And uh, so I kind of grew up with those two guys as, uh, as my superheroes of choice. Uh, just like any boy, I've been in a fight before just because we were discussing who was stronger, uh, who was better. So, But today, we're going to talk a little bit about this phenomenon that we have going on right now about superheroes. And why are they so cool to us? Why do we love them? You know, uh, so I kind of have here is that these are individuals that got tired of the way things were or the things are in their lives. And they took a responsibility with, for themselves to change what was going on around them. Some of them had superpowers, some of them didn't. Some of them had power, and you probably not think there's power. You know, but they used their talent, whatever was given to them, to make the world a better place. Uh, and we also, we like the journey. You know, most superheroes we like the best are the geeky. You know, you know, you think about Spider-Man. Peter Parker was nothing to anybody. He was a science geek. Uh, nobody really liked him that much. He was really super smart. And, you know, we don't really make fun of him anymore because look where he is now. You know, he's now this, this major superhero. And, uh, you know, they do look pretty cool. But, uh, you know... So it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, where it's where they finish. And then it doesn't matter what's going on. The world's about to be destroyed. They've they kind of got it going on. So, uh, again, I'm going to pick Superman as the person we're going to talk about. So uh, it was 1936, 38 when Superman first came out. And it's, it's interesting is... Uh, you guys, does anybody remember what his original powers were? So you could leap tall buildings in a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah, and he could fly. Believe it or not, those were his only powers when he was first introduced. He was strong, yes, uh, but you know it was it was the speed and the ability to fly and his strength. That's all he needed. But something weird happened after World War II. Um, people started choosing soldiers. People that fought in World War II as their heroes. And what happened to the comic book sales? They plummeted. So over the years, they had to actually make Superman better than he originally was. Like, what he was was no longer good enough. You know, uh, Today's superpowers, you know, they claim he's faster than the Flash, which he wasn't in the past. That's all right. That's pretty good. 
uh, heat vision, x-ray vision. He can breathe in space now, you know. Uh, actually, there's some where he pulled a rope from these portals and moved the entire universe. Uh, ice breath, you know. He can travel through time, you know, all these things. And it's just like he was never good enough. They always had to make him better. And so the question that I was starting to look at is, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of going to jump ahead a little bit because I kind of shared why the sales were down. And so we're going to kind of jump up here a little bit. But let's take a look a little bit at Jesus. So why is it we never really talk about Jesus as being our hero? Why is it you don't hear people preaching about the superpowers of Jesus or how awesome he is? And um, I, I want to share with you, we were studying out his kingdom. I don't know if any of the teachers are here, where we were studying out Jesus and his nature, and we looked at him through the eyes of a superhero. And uh, I want to thank makers, kind of helping me get a little bit of a vision here. So we're going to be in Revelation. So um, Revelation 1, and we're going to start in verse 9. And uh, I just want you to think about that. This is the man we worship. This is the man we follow. And when I turned around, I saw seven golden lampstands. We're starting in verse 12. A lot of flipping. down. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing water. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the shining sun in all of his movements. Does anybody see Jesus like that? Really, I mean, think about it. When you pray to Jesus, you think of him like this. Oh, this is who we think of. This is what society, what artists, and everybody portray Jesus. And this is great, because we need to know that he is relatable and that he's human. But we forget that this is where he ends up. When This is when he actually saves us. The first thing he did for us dying on a cross opened up a relationship with God so that we could have that relationship, so we can be saved. But when he comes back, there's no longer a choice of the uh, of reader of the Bible or of the comic book. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide which Jesus is going to so, uh, one of the powers that uh, was really cool, there was one superhero that was kind of neat. He only made it to two comic books. And they never kept him, actually. I think Thor is But his name was the Crusader. And Crusader's power was based off of his faith. So, the more he trusted in God, the more righteous he felt he was in serving him, the more powerful he was. And he was one of the few who 
says we have to work at it. If we want to be a disciple, we have to work at it. And so instead of just making it all rough on us and giving us all these rules, he decides he's going to inspire us. So what's he do? Just like in the superhero, he had powers. And think about the superpowers that Jesus had. And these are just some of them that I have here. But he had power over nature. Never was this up the right time. Jesus walked on the water. He calmed the storm. You know, that's pretty awesome. Just that. I tried. It doesn't work for me. And I, you know, and I guess it's the faith thing. I need to keep working on that. But Jesus had the power over the storm. But it's not just the power of the storm in nature, but the storm that's inside of us. He has the power to change that. He has the power to create something from nothing. He took two loaves of bread and some fish and fed 5,000 people. Now, tell me one superhero that's done that. That's, that's a little stretchy. You know, how do you do that in the comics? But here's something to really think about. Growing up, where was your faith at in God? Where was your faith in Was it a story, or was he a person that actually impacted your life? And if you're sitting here, and you've been baptized, and you made Jesus Lord, he just created something out of nothing in you. He took a blank space, he took a black spot that's in our soul, and he brought it to life. He has power over the evil spirits. I like this one. You know, he... Get out. Uh, I like that old lady in the war room. You guys ever seen her? Where she's just walking around the house and just cursing the devil. And the like, oh, Jesus, you're just everywhere you go. Jesus is with us. And they can check a song with you on that. So I, I actually will get to that song and walk around the house. But, you know, you think about that. The only evil that's allowed in your lives is the ones that you invite. When you think about it, is evil can only come from inside because you let it in there. He had the power to heal. You know, some people, he didn't even have to touch them. He just, like, hey, because of your faith, when you get home, they're healed. Others, he didn't even know he healed. They just touched his throat. And then others, he But also think about in our lives. How has Jesus healed you? Think about that. Isn't that cool to think about it? How has he healed you? You know, we have a lot of different people in there, a lot of different races and different things. And maybe you grew up thinking one thing or another. But Jesus and God said, hey, you're part of my family. I don't care where you're from, who you are, what you're doing. We're family. He can be healed racism. Maybe uh healed of opinions of people or biases of people. You know, maybe he's just playing out you maybe you suffered from an illness when you were young. And then this is the one I think we kind of cling to a lot, but we don't realize it's the power. 
the power of forgiveness. You know, there's a lot of people hurting in this world, and a lot of their hurt they carry around is because they can't let it go. And, you know, it is hard. It is hard. If you've been hurt by someone, sorry, uh, if you've been hurt by someone, you know, how easy is it to just, oh, we're good? No, it, it's, it's very hard to forgive. But it almost seems like Jesus was easy. Because he knew the plan. He knew the plan that God had, and he's like, I'm the one dying. I'm the one making it possible. He responds with forgiveness. Because I went and do that. It was worth it what I do that. So, here's some practicals. I want to kind of talk us through. And it's kind of cool. Is think about in a couple days, we're going to celebrate the birth of this awesome individual. But, let me talk a little bit. Nick and I were talking about this a little bit last week. About are you grateful or are you thankful for God? Now, a lot of people probably think that's the same thing. But gratefulness is actually a feeling. You know, I am so grateful that you wrote my partner. Thank you. You know, I'm just so grateful. But thankfulness is an action. I can't just, I'm so thankful. You're awesome. No, it, you, you can't, it, you've got, you have to show them, or they don't know it. You can say you're grateful, I'm grateful you're all here today. But I wouldn't feel like you're thankful if you're also Actually, I probably wouldn't be up here. I'd probably be down there. But, uh, but just think about that. Do you show God that you're thankful? For the power that you did. How do you show that? You need to put your thankfulness or your gratefulness into action. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? Jesus gave us the clue in what we just read. Take up your cross daily. Forget about you for a little while and think about the people around you. Think about superheroes. How often did they save the world and say, you know, okay, pay me a million bucks. No, they were just, that was their job, to save the world. And you think about it, that's what Jesus' whole entire mission was about, was saving the world. There's nobody he doesn't want as part of this thing. So we can show our thankfulness, our gratefulness, by serving the world. You know, volunteer for something in the church, we a, B, be an usher, be a teacher downstairs, be, uh, you know, help clean up the church, uh, go to some people's houses, mow their lawns, prepare them a meal, go meet strangers that are in that place and listen. And when people ask you why you did it, you can say, because Jesus did it for me. Here's another one. How often do you talk to Jesus? Do you realize the power of prayer? If you really look at the chemistry of a person, when they, when you really connect with somebody you love, your whole being changes. It's no longer 
calling you out. Say, hey, would you like to buy a, you know, your subscription to Grit? That was a whole reference. But, um, you know, you, you're like almost offended. Why are you calling? But when somebody calls up, says, hey, Every time you play the job, I just want to correct you. And I really appreciate you doing that. Does that make you feel better? Just sharing that. It changes who you are just by you sharing that. Confession and repentance. Not only do we get open with the people around us, but then we show that we're willing to change And that can but finally, we can worship together. Make sure that you're in the body. You know, if you're not wanting to be here, then you're not connected. If you're thinking it's better to be at home, you know, uh, and just, you know, I'll watch Tata, you know, I'll watch Billy Graham. That's good. Who are you connecting with? But when you're here, you get to give people hugs. You get to ask them how they are. You get to say Merry Christmas. You get to get to know who they are as people. And so, you know, there's one thing I want to let you know. That those other last things that leave on your mind, that we can say we close here, of why I think Jesus is for God. Because he's fighting. You know, but think about that. Would you win that arm wrestling contest? Would you be intimidated in the face of that? Intimidated in the face of somebody who is ready to destroy your very soul? He wants to step out your relationship with God. And Jesus steps in. And that takes us back to Revelations. Well, let's take a look at that scripture again. Tell me if your vision has changed. turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like that of rushing water. In his right hand he had seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining on brilliance. And here's the really cool part, because, you know, this could be intimidating, really, if you think about it. I'm not ready for that. And it talks about how the disciple fell to his feet, to his knees at his feet. And Jesus' first words, don't be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last. Here's how I kind of look at it. He's kind of like a farmer in a way. 
He came in and he planted and prepared the way for us. Now we're here. But he's going to be the last one to leave. He's willing to help us clean up our lives so that when we get to heaven, we don't have to come back. And I think that's probably the big, one of those huge gifts that we can have is that Jesus helps us not return back. Keep your eyes forward and think about how awesome it is. So, um, I had six more points, but I think it's kingdom will probably kill me getting. But, um, you know, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And when you celebrate Jesus' birthday, uh, think about all the things he has done for you. That it's actually very small the way we can show gratefulness to him compared to how he showed how faithful. God be the glory.